with the professor the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips i am your host professor sides and this is now the second time within the last year i i come to you today with a heavy heart um you know thursday here morning 9 a.m um one of our our two cats really my first pet um let out uh quite a quite a cry and we we quickly noticed his legs, back legs weren't really working. We took him to the ER, and within a couple hours, we had to put him down. Um, it's a hard day for me here personally. Um, and for those of you who are on last summer, um, you're aware of uh, that, that Mrs. Professor and I lost lost our son at, at 40 weeks, who was stillborn, and, and and this kind of reopens a lot of those wounds. So. Um, you know, as they say, the show must go on, and it obviously doesn't have to, but I, I said it then and I'll say it now. I, I do truly love talking about sports and uh, trying to help people with making better bets, and, and some days it goes great, and some days it doesn't. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon. Thursday games haven't happened. Wednesday was great. It was a lot of fun, um, and that's you know what we're going for. That's what we're hoping for, and you know, I, I said it last summer, and I'll say it now. I, just, I personally just have no place in my life for things that aren't bringing joy and I feel that even more today, you know, missing what should be a part of our family now for the next 10-ish years that, that, that is no longer there, you know, was a, a companion who, who just wanted to kind of cuddle up with you all the time. And that was a lot of fun and, and he'll, be, he'll be missed. And uh, I say all this just to say, I may not have a lot of energy today. I'm going to do my best. But, um, you know... If you have pets, children, loved ones, you know, give them an extra hug for me today and love on them because you just never know when something like that happens and, and they're gone from you. So um, I lead off with that and um, it's not the way I want to lead off. Uh, it's not the way I wanted to lead off a show last summer talking about about Connor, but here, here's where we are. Um, still going to talk about some college basketball games and hopefully we'll have some fun here um, because again, this is something that brings me joy, hopefully brings you joy. Um, and, and if it's not, if things aren't, aren't doing that, then, then you reevaluate. Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully you're enjoying college basketball right now. I'm looking forward to baseball coming up. Hopefully you're looking forward to that with me. Um, but uh, otherwise I'll, I'll get back to my normal spiel. Um, I've built mathematical models to predict various sports outcomes that I have called a sideline. And you'll hear more about that model during the course of this episode. Sets cover the five best college basketball games scheduled to be played on Friday, February 17th, 2023. It's a weaker Friday slate, so it's a little bit of a stretch. Um, none of the games are that great. So another Friday night where if you want to catch up on your Netflix or, or go out with friends or family or whatever, you know, not a bad idea. Um, you know, it'll be some games. will be some good angles here. I'm excited about betting on some of them, but quality wise, they aren't as exciting as some of the midweek games, but I'm giving you the best we got here on Friday. In case you are new here, uh, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for explanations, community rules. Got that Google sheet linked in the show description. That'll get you sidelines projections on every single game. Remember this show covers picks on the best games, even though sometimes best does a lot of heavy lifting for the best picks, all those a grade picks for all games, sign up with us on Patreon or black book sports, got different packages and price ranges based on what you're looking for. Remember sports are unpredictable. So the discussion of the show is predicting a typical game and not trying to forecast it to a T that would be a foolish and a possible goal. We take a long-term view right here. We don't distract when a team either can't hit or can't miss from three as those things do balance out in the long-term. 
but are hard to see foresee before they happen. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, but before we get to today's slight some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any of college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits we found over there. Above and beyond what we do here, $3 per month gets you the play of the day. For $5 a month, you get all of the model picks and access to the Discord chat group. We have a lot of fun over there. It's a great community of people talking about, you know, games we talk on show, games we don't talk about on show, sports we don't talk about on show. It's a lot of fun over there. I think it's worth your price of admission. Um, and, you know, got again, got a lot of different packages out there based off what you're looking for. www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. We'll get you more details. But even if you're not there, I'm still thrilled that you're watching here. I'll get to it. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. There are a couple of earlier games. I'm not going to cover those because I don't think there are great angles on them and they're not really exciting. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, Dayton at Loyola Chicago. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I think my perception is sure that Dayton is the best team playing on Friday, so that's why we're covering this one. Loyola Chicago has actually been playing with a pulse as of late. They've, they've covered a few games. Um, they've kind of been over um, overperforming relative to the model expectations, which is a little bit surprising. Been fading Loyola Chicago all year, and it's been great. They've just been really um, depleted talent-wise. It's just not a very good team, and the number took a long time to catch up. The number finally caught up to them, and you can see that, again, with the fact that they're covering a little bit, bit and they're kind of playing about at what the spread and what my model and their models are projecting at. It just took a long time to get there. So we are 15-4 and four fading Loyola Chicago. It's been a lot of fun. I'm fading them again here today, not because of that, just because of the fact that I think that, you know, the numbers kind of bounced back, and I think you know we were kind of it kind of dipped a little bit too low, and there was a tiny bit of value on the little Chicago there for you know the last few weeks. I, I think that Dayton wins this closer to ten. Uh, sideline says seven point eight, and so I just think laying seven's a smart investment here. I might lay seven and a half or eight. That's really as high as I'm going on this, I, but I, th I think closer to ten makes a lot more sense. Obviously, if you can get down to six or something like that, it's even better. But even seven, I think, is fine. My thoughts on this game is the fact that Loyola Chicago has been playing a little bit better as of late, partially because they realize they don't have a lot of talent. So they're really just slowing the game down, trying to have as few positions as possible. Been a bit of an under team here for the most part. Their defense, though, isn't good. Their offense isn't good. So, again, they're just trying to suck the air out of the ball. Here's the thing is that that's what Dayton wants to do anyway, but Dayton – you know, can efficiently score when that happens. Dayton's not a team that has a problem getting good looks with eight seconds off in the shot clock, whereas Loyola Chicago still does. Um, and Dayton's a team that, you know, very happy to defend you for the full 30 seconds and doesn't like, you know, lose focus or anything like that. So the thing is, is I think what Loyola Chicago is going to try to do, I just don't think it's going to work against Dayton. They're going to be very comfortable playing what's been kind of working. And again, I kind of put that in air quotes working for Loyola Chicago because it, they still are good, but they've at least been, you know, uh, able to cover a few games, whereas they weren't covering hardly at all uh, for the start of the season. So, like I said, I, I just think this kind of plays into Dayton's advantage. They are the much better team here on their own. Like I said, I, I see around 10, you know, maybe 7, 8, 9, which is why I said I'm hesitant to lay 8, and I wouldn't really lay more than that because I think 7, 8, 9 makes a lot of sense. Or on the other side of 10, those those low double digits, I think, make a lot of sense. It's going to be hard for Dayton to win by 20 because there just won't be that many possessions in the game. But I think around 10 is about where I see this. Again, models is about 8, so. So laying seven with Dayton, I think, is a pretty smart investment. Totals 131.5. Models is 131.2. It's not a number that I'm really playing in either direction. Dayton's actually been scoring a little bit more. Their offense has kind of picked it back up 
from that little lull they had more in the middle of the season. Um, so a, a, a number like that, it, it, knowing that Loyola Chicago wants to play really slow, it's not something I want to go over, but knowing that Dayton's been really efficient scoring, it's not something I want to go under either. So I think 131 and a half where it's at now is a pretty good number. So I'm passing on the total. 7 p.m. Eastern, Wright State at Cleveland State. I'm going to grab the two with Wright State. This is a B-grade play according to the model at two and a half. It would be an A-grade play, but this is one that I always talk about. Think about the slate and how you're stretched out, right? On a, on a Thursday, we talked about this yesterday with Cousin Jared. On a Saturday with a bunch of games, you know, most of us are kind of a little bit stretched thinner with our with our money because there's just so many games happening at one time. We want to make sure that we're making wise investments. And so the difference between a win and a push really does matter. On a Friday with fewer games, it probably doesn't as much. So whereas the model wants two and a half for an acre because the model's thinking it wants that money to be invested well for a win, if you're not have a lot else going on and now you push it to, it doesn't really matter. You haven't really, there's no real opportunity cost where that money goes. So I still think plus two is a really good investment here for Wright State. Or obviously looking at money line at a short price, you know, plus 110, plus 115, something like that. Sideline says that Wright State wins this 50 point something percent of the time, slightly more than half. I think it's a real toss-up game. I think Wright State's the better team, but obviously they're on the road. Um, I, I don't really see why we're getting two points. Again, I'd make this a pick em. I don't know who wins this game. So, hey, give me two points in what should be a tight contest. Give me slight plus odds. It's, it's one of those long-term makes sense plays. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in the one game, but if the, if we can make these types of investments all season long, we've been making them all season long, they pay off in the long run and that you're going to win more than you lose, and that's going to slowly build your bankroll. I think it's a pretty solid look here. You've got Wright State who's going to play really fast, Cleveland State who's going to play really slow, and so that's going to be a clash of styles. But on the other hand, um, these two teams are just very average, really, uh, very average offense, very average defense, right? State just slightly better. But again, not really a lot happening here on this one. It's just two kind of mediocre teams just playing at different paces, which should make it interesting. Uh, but I don't really know who's going to control the pace. Uh, Cousin Jared's talked about a lot of times the faster team has an easier time slow, uh, speeding up the slower team, and that plays in the right state's hands. Games in Cleveland State, that plays in their hands. So again, it complete toss-up in my mind. Um, so just smart play, two plus two or plus 115, something like that on the money line. I think it makes a lot of sense for Wright State. Totals 148. Model says 145. Not an under I'm playing, though. Both of these teams have actually been scoring a lot. Wright State scores a lot anyway. They play really fast. They've been playing high-scoring games. But Cleveland State, and I've talked about this recently, too, they've actually been playing a little bit more higher-scoring games um, than not as of late. It's been a little bit of a surprise. Not every single game, but just in general, they're they're you know playing a little bit a little bit faster. They're, they're, they're more easily sucked into those high scoring games, uh, that sort of thing. And they've been in a lot of tighter games where there's just fouls at the end of the game. They just really aggressive with the fouling starting that early. And so they, they've played in a lot of over games. So the model would say under, but yet the way they performed it would say over. So it's just a conflicting information there. It's a pass. I mean, the total, I know what the model says under, but I'm not going under 140. I'm not saying I want to go over either. It's just a, a pretty well-priced number, in my opinion, at 148. So passing the total, grabbing right state, B grade play for the model. And again, I think it's a pretty smart one here. One that I may not suggest as more on a Thursday or Saturday, but on a Friday with fewer games, I think plus two with right state or the money line makes a lot of sense. One more 7 p.m. Eastern game we cover here, Yale at Pan. I'm going to lay the seven and a half, excuse me, the two and a half, <laughs> two and a half with a line seven. I'm laying two and a half with Penn. Uh, Sideline says 2.9. So it's only a slight model edge. Um, not really a big one here. To me, the bottom line is I just think Yale's the much better team. They've been playing pretty well again lately. They started off the season great. They came into conference play and they 
really struggled for the first, you know, handful of games there in conference. I don't remember exactly how many games. They just, there were several many games. I remember kind of backing Yale, being a little bit frustrated. They just did not play very well. That defense that had been so good, kind of let them down. The offense hadn't really made up the difference. But as of late, Yale's gotten the ball going rolling again, you know, I guess pun intended, right? Um, and they're starting to look again like a team that not only can, if they get out of the Ivy League tournament, but actually do some damage in the NCAA is kind of slotting in as like a, a very dangerous 12 seed. They're looking good again. And and the, that is the type of thing that I, I think they can go on the road and win. I don't think Penn's that good. I think Penn's just kind of mediocre, but Hill's a pretty good team. I like what I've seen from them. I think they can win. I'm fine laying two and a half. I'm fine laying three. At three and a half, it's a pass for me. It's not enough points to take Penn, but I don't want to lay three and a half with Yale because now we're talking about uh, just more ways that Yale can win the game but lose the pick. I'd really love to. If you can shop around, if there's a two out there, if you find a two for Yale, that's a much more exciting pick than two and a half. But I still think two and a half or three is still worth an investment. Maybe not as big an investment, maybe not as strong as a play. But I still think Yale at minus two and a half or minus three is still a pretty reasonable take. Um, both these teams have pretty good offenses. The difference is uh, Penn's defense is just not very good. And Yale's defense is. Um, total 144 and a half. Model says 141 and a half. Model would go under. Not as extreme as the situation as the one I just mentioned, but both these teams have been playing a little bit over, especially Yale. Their defense um, still not necessarily as good as it was at the start of the season, but their offense has finally come around and kind of making up for that difference. Whereas earlier in the year, um, it was decent offense, amazing defense. And then when the defense kind of fell off, they, they, they struggled. But now their defense is still good, not amazing. But the offense has picked up and been pretty dang good. And so a lot of points in these Yale games. So um, just knowing that it's not an under that I'm jumping out to get, but again, the model thinks 144 and a half is too many points. So again, conflicting information. I think it's a pass on the total. 9 p.m. Eastern Quinnipiac and Siena going to lay the two with the home team in Siena. I'm not convinced that one of these teams is better than the other one. I think they're both the same. I think they're both pretty just meh. Um, difference is Quinnipiac just has not played well as of late. They're going down. Siena kind of treading water about the same. I mean, they're both very just mediocre across the board teams uh, relative to all the teams in college basketball. Um, maybe slightly better defenses, slightly below average offense, just kind of run-of-the-mill teams. Difference is Siena's kind of been net. Uh, Quinnipiac just, again, going the wrong direction. We had higher expectations for them, uh, you know, as of a month ago, and they just have not been really living up to that. Uh, both teams 17-9, so it should be a really interesting contest in the MAC. Uh, double A's in there. And uh, I just think, you know, when I have a situation like this where I can't really tell you which team's better, if I can lay two with the home team, I'll do it. Now, the home court here, not as strong. The model does not give, um, you know, three and a half points or so, four points or even three points for home court in this situation like it would in some of the bigger schools, right? You know, you go to Kansas, you go to whatever Duke, right? Some of these places, uh, depending on the travel spot, you know, you might get four points for home court, depending on how big of an arena it is, the travel spot, these situations like that. Only getting about two and a half on the, on the home court here, maybe even a little bit less than that. Not a huge home court advantage, I think. Not a crazy travel spot for any of the games in this conference, really. So it's not about that. It's just about one team's more comfortable playing at home. I love laying a number like two because we always talk about one. It's not an extremely likely outcome. And so the probability that Siena wins the game, but we lose the pick is not very large. So laying two, I think, makes a lot of sense. Two and a half is just not that exciting. But two, one and a half, whatever. I think those are pretty good bets. I think Siena can win this game. Sideline says they win it 58% of the time. And again, there's not a lot of likelihood that they win by only one and we lose. Sideline says 2.6 is the average margin of victory. And again, that goes back to kind of what I was saying. I think these two teams are about to even give a little bit for home court, not as strong as other places. 
So I think we're getting a little bit of value here going to see in the minus two. Plus, I like the number. I think it's a good spot. And again, just do not like what I've seen from Quinnipiac lately. I think they're going the wrong direction. So any chance to fade them before the number really catches up, I think makes a lot of sense. Total is 140. Sideline says 139.3. Quinnipiac's been going over lately. Their defense has looked atrocious. Cena has been going under. They've been playing fantastic defense. I just don't know which way to go on this. I think 140 is pretty reasonable. It's not a total I think it's worth messing with. And then got one late one here for you, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, New Mexico at San Jose State. Um, just as a reminder, there are four A-grade plays right now, according to the model. So, again, sign up on BlackBook or on Patreon. Again, those links in the show description. Get those four A-grade plays, the four strongest plays. San Jose State at a pick I think, is a pretty good investment. The reason why, New Mexico just has not been playing great as of late. The model says New Mexico still should be favored. So, I'm kind of fading the model a little bit in this game. But fading New Mexico has been pretty profitable as of late. I've been backing them. I still kind of believed in them. They're missing one of their key players. I don't expect him back at this point. Slash, if I do, as you always know, I'm talking about when a guy's come back from a couple games, especially I think it's an ankle injury, just might not be the same. No real, you know, there's a little bit of urgency to get him back because New Mexico's going the wrong direction, but also they've had that urgency to get him back and it hasn't happened. So I don't really know where it's going to stay with him, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not excited about the possibility of him being 100%. I don't think he's going to be 100%. Um, if he comes back, he may not come back at all. And New Mexico just was lost lately. I've seen these games recently. I've been watching most of them that they've let us down in. And they're they're taking bad jump shots. They just don't look like they know what they're doing. They don't look like that team from the start of the season where they were able to really get good looks, wide open threes, good penetration to the hole for layups and, and dishing for wide open. They're taking like tough contested jump shots now. And part of that is... You know, when you when you miss one of your guards like that, that's the sort of thing that happens. Assuming he's not around, I think the same thing happens here. I think San Jose State wins this game at home. I think a full strength New Mexico is the better team. And I think that's what the model's kind of looking here. The model's kind of hedging and saying, like, hey, maybe he plays, maybe they're full strength. But until I see it, I, I'm I'm not gonna put stock in that. Again, that's that's what typically works here. Y'all hear me talk about some of these injuries and y'all hear me kind of say we talked about what, right with Miles at TCU. You know, maybe he's coming back, maybe he's coming back. And, and every game I'm like, until he comes back, I'm not counting on it. Until, you know, every game we keep fading him and it keeps working. And it's one of those things where it's not going to be the right approach. But with these injuries like this to these key players, you know, the teams usually kind of have a little more optimism than what really happens. And so if you just kind of work into the assumption they're not going to play, you're going to be right more than you're wrong. That doesn't mean I'm right here. He may come back and play. And obviously that's a big addition to New Mexico. But even if he comes back, it's been a couple games now, he may not be 100%. And that would be, a, you know, a huge thing. So when when they get fully healthy again, I'm, I'm excited to back to Mexico. But right now, I just cannot do it. They just look lost. They haven't even been competitive in a couple of these situations. And San Jose State, you know, an above average team. All of a sudden, you know, I feel surprised at saying that because I feel like San Jose State's been bad. Maybe it's maybe my perception's wrong, but but they're a decent team. You know, a little bit under the radar. They're not going to make the tournament. You know, unless they win the Mountain West. But they're not a pushover. They're not a, a terrible team at home. Again, against a not 100% New Mexico team, I think they can get the job done and win it. They play a very different style of basketball than New Mexico. They're going to grind this thing out. They're not, you know, UNT slow. They're not Charlotte slow. They're not Virginia slow. But they're one notch above that. They're going to really grind this game out, which is not what New Mexico wants to do. And New Mexico kind of out of shape already. I think San Jose being able to play their style of basketball at home I think that gives them the edge. They still have an efficient enough offense and should be pretty evenly matched offensively 
versus New Mexico's defense, they should be able to suck the air to the ball and still get decent looks. It's not like the New Mexico defense is going to be able to force them into bad shots, lighten the shot clock, which that's how you beat the San Jose State team is they've got a pretty decent offense. But if you can still play that lockdown defense for 30 seconds, you kind of, you know, they suck the air to the ball, but also you kind of put a lid on the basket, right? I don't think New Mexico's defense is good enough quite to do that. San Jose State's defense, above average, and again, with New Mexico not 100% on the road, I think they can really cut off some of those fast breaks, really grind this game to a pulp, and that's exactly what they want to do at home. I think they can do it. I think San Jose State can win this game, so I'm going to take them out of pick them. I'm going to fade the model. I like what I've seen of San Jose State lately. I do not like what I've seen from New Mexico lately. Total is 145. Models is 145.7. No feel in the total, especially when you don't have a, a team that's 100% or, or or you know, know, knowing if if they're going to be you know eighty percent or whatever, it's just not a total it's worth investing. In. But I think San Jose State again got a good chance to win. You might want to wait around, hear the injury news on this one. Based off the last game, though, it was a game time decision. My hunch is that's the same thing here. That's a game time decision. So you know, keep an eye on if you're up late. Uh, I have to assume if that's announced, this number goes a couple points in either direction um, based off that injury news because it's been such a key piece for New Mexico. I can see. Um, Swinging from San Jose State minus two, New Mexico minus two, depending on what you hear injury-wise. Uh, but at this point, I think I'm going to pick them. I think San Jose State's just got a great chance to win. Um, either way at home, again, I like what I've seen from them as of late. And that's all I've got for you then today. Thanks for tuning in this episode. A picture with the professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can control the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, cover Saturday's slate. A lot of great games on hand for that. So we got a jam-packed episode coming at you for Saturday's games. Until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.